Praise the Lord, I'm Pastor Darrell. Welcome to Mon Monday Motivation. So glad to be with you again. We're going to continue with our thought, a need for repentance. So this is going to be part two, a need for repentance. Listen, in our teaching on yesterday, we discussed the fact that it's not just enough to say, I'm sorry, or to say, you know, God forgive me. If there isn't a turning of the heart, and a turning of the mind. If there isn't a relinquishing of what you're convinced of to what to being convinced that what God is saying and what his word is saying is right, then repentance will not happen. And so there has to be a turning again of our hearts and our minds of what we're convinced of, to then being convinced that God's word, his ways are what's right. That's what will lead us to repentance. So I want to point out a couple of scriptures to you. I pray that they'll encourage you and even challenge you to change. Uh, in Exodus, the ninth chapter, in the 27th verse, you're going to find a theme in these scriptures where... They're going to be saying, I have sinned, but there won't be any real repentance. And so Exodus, the ninth chapter, the 27th verse, it says, And Pharaoh sent, called for Moses and Aaron, and said unto them, I have sinned this time. So there's an acknowledgement, but we're not going to see any real repentance. He said, I have sinned this time. The Lord is righteous, and I and my people are wicked. Entreat the Lord for it. For it is enough that there be no more mighty thunderings in hell, and I will let you go, and ye shall stay no longer. And Moses said unto him, As soon as I am going out of the city, I will spread about my hands unto the Lord, and the thunder shall cease. Neither shall there be any more hell, that thou mayest know how that the earth is the Lord's. But as for thee and thy servants, I know that ye will not yet fear the Lord God. Down at the 34th verse, it says, And when Pharaoh saw that the rain and the hail and the thunders were ceased, he sinned yet the more, and hardened his heart, he and his servants. So here he is saying, I have sinned. There's an acknowledgement. But we don't see any real repentance because when he saw that what he was desiring of Moses had been answered. The thunderings and the hells were gone. The Bible says that he sinned, yet the more he and his servants. So there wasn't uh, a desire for real repentance. He just wanted the situation to go away. How many times have you found yourself in this situation right here where I'm tired of the situation, I need change, but I'm not yet quite ready for real change. I, I'm tired of the situation, I'm tired of the results that the situation's uh, producing, 
but still there's a part of me that is not quite ready for real change. And this is, this is what Pharaoh is doing here. He wanted what Moses and, and, and Moses praying would produce for him, yet he wasn't ready to do what he said he would do if Moses prayed for him. There has been many times you and I have desired change, but we weren't quite ready to put forth the necessary efforts to produce the change that we were desiring. And so again, I want you to understand, acknowledging sin isn't enough. Even saying I'm sorry, even asking God to forgive, it's not enough unless there's a turning of the heart and a turning of the mind. And again, I want you to understand, you have to be convinced that your ways, your, your thoughts, your way of thinking is no longer right and become convinced that God, his ways, his word is right. We've tried it our way long enough. And so now it's time to do it God's way. And so I want to challenge you again in the days and times that we're living in, mouth service is not going to be enough. God is after people that are after real relationship and real relationship starts with true repentance. We need to bring forth real evidence of change. Our lives need to show forth real evidence of change. No longer being satisfied again with mouth service but real evidence of change. Real evidence of change. It's not just enough to say I'm sorry. If there's not a change in your heart and in your mind. Now let me show you another scripture. Over in the book of Numbers the 27th chapter. Numbers 27. I'm sorry, Numbers 28. Numbers 22. Numbers 22. And the 34th verse. Now in this chapter, what's going on is Balak has hired Balaam to curse the children of Israel. Even Balak, you're going to see the same words. And so we're going to begin to develop a theme. Balak is going to say, I have sinned, yet there's not going to be any real repentance. At the 34th verse, it says, And Balaam said unto the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. Do you see that? It says, I have sinned. For I knew not that thou stoodest in the way against me. Now, therefore, if it displeases thee, I will get me back again. There's an acknowledging, there's an acknowledgement of being wrong, but not enough to produce real, genuine repentance. Let me take you back. The 22nd verse, the 22nd chapter, and at that fifth verse, it says, He sent messengers, therefore, unto Balaam, the son of Beor, to Pethor, which is by the river of the land of the children of his people, to call him, saying, Behold, there is a people come out from Egypt, 
behold, they cover the face of the earth and they abide over against me. Now, this is Balak talking about the children of Israel. It says, there is a people that come out from Egypt. Behold, they cover the face of the earth and they abide over against me. There is a people. Are you part of that people? I love this here. What are people saying about you? Because a lot of us have a testimony of coming out. But it ends there. It says they come out from evil. They cover the face of the earth. They abide over against me. What is your testimony after coming out? Is it just that you came out? That's it? Just that you got saved? That's it? Because your life needs to be producing beyond just getting saved. Beyond just coming out. You need Your life needs to continue. You know, the Bible says that, uh, that the child Samuel grew on. He waxed strong. It says that Christ grew on. And he, and you know, there's some things that follow and follow and follow. You, you, you have to continue. It's not good enough to just get saved. It's not good enough to just repent. But what's the, your testimony afterwards? And many of us, we stop at the point of salvation and we're supposed to continue. It says there is a people that come out from Egypt. What are people saying about you? What are people saying about you? Because I want my testimony to be not only that I come out, but I want there to be some things that follow, some victories, victories on top of victories, evidences of change. The Bible says in Matthew 3, to bring forth fruits of repentance, bring forth evidence that are meet for repentance, evidences, victories. To show that what I'm saying is true. It says there's a people that come out. I want to be a part of that. I'm coming out. I've come out. But then there's victory on victory. There's evidences. There's evidences to show that what I'm saying. There's evidence to show what I'm saying. There's proof of what I'm saying. I'm not just talking. And again, it's not just about mouth service. But it's about evidence. It's about proof. It's about proof of change. It's about evidence, hard evidence, hard proof of change, evidences, victories to show change, to show repentance, proof of repentance, proof of repentance. At the 12 verses, pick it up at the 12 verse. It says, and God said to, unto Balaam, Thou shalt not go with them, thou shalt not curse the people, for they are blessed. Listen, I know that there are many people, and this is just extra right here. I know that there are many people that believe that because they're saved, they can speak for God. They can curse you. They feel like they can speak for God. Listen, look at what the scripture said. Thou shalt not curse the people, for they are blessed. Listen, I want to encourage you. If somebody is speaking against you, they cannot curse what God has blessed. It's that simple. I don't care if it's an apostle. I don't care if it's a bishop. 
I don't care if you left that church and they're now pronouncing doom and gloom on you. Uh, they're, pro they're pronouncing your defeat and your failure. Listen, I don't care what their title is. They cannot curse what God has blessed. Now, listen, if, if you are innocent, you haven't done anything wrong, maybe you've just decided that it's time for you to move on. Maybe it's Maybe you've decided that you need to uh, to be somewhere else, to be planted somewhere else. They cannot curse you. Believe me. I know that there are many that believe that they can speak for God in the way of cursing. Can't curse what God has blessed. So don't you fear because they're an apostle uh, or bishop, uh, archbishop or double bishop. Don't you don't you fear. The same God that blesses them is the same God that blesses you. Don't you be scared of, of word curses. You cannot bless. You cannot curse what God has blessed. Now let's pick this up here at the 23rd verse because I really want you to see uh, what's going on here. At the 23rd verse it says, And the ass saw the angel. And we're still talking about uh, Balaam. It says, and the ass saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand. And the ass turned aside out of the way and went into the field, and Balaam smote the ass. So the ass saw what Balaam didn't see. But the angel of the Lord stood in the path of the vineyards, a wall being on this side, and a wall on that side. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she thrust herself into the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall, and he smote her. The second time. So here the ass is again seeing what was to come. Balaam did not see this. And the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where where was no way to turn either to the right hand or to the left. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she fell down under Balaam. And Balaam's anger was kindled and he smote the ass with the staff. That's the third time he struck the ass. And the angel of the Lord opened the mouth of the ass. She said unto Balaam, What have I done unto thee, that thou smite, that thou hast smitten me these three times? Balaam said unto the ass, Because thou hast mocked me, I would there a sword in my hand, for now would I kill thee. And the ass said unto Balaam, Am I not thine ass upon which thou hast written ever since I was thine unto this day? Was I ever wont to do so unto thee? And he said, Nay. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam. Now I want you to understand here. The ass sees the angel of the Lord. Balaam does not. The ass has prevented catastrophe. Don't allow someone else to see what you ought to see. And when you are not in right relationship, when you have allowed repentance to, uh, when you haven't done what you needed to do to secure repentance, you will be on the outside. Others will see what you should see. But see, when you're in a right relationship with God, God will allow you to see when there's a need for repentance. I like the fact that this ass saw what Balaam was unable to see. 
the ass, an animal. We, we, you know, we, we called them dumb and stubborn and things like that. But the ass was able to see what Balaam was unable to see. Why? Because he wasn't in right relationship with God. And when you aren't in right relate, right relationship with God, when there's a need for repentance. then you will be on the outside looking in. And what you should see, the directions that you should be getting, the answers that you should be getting, you will not get those when you are not in right relationship with God. Our, in, our repentance in the hour that we're living in, it's vital, it's vital. Repentance will help us to stay in right relationship with God. Listen, and I'm not just talking about repentance for wrongdoing. I'm talking about even repentance as a way of worshiping God. Listen, you ought to get up out of bed in the morning before your, before your feet even hit, hit the floor. And you can worship God by way of repentance, not because you have done anything wrong, but because God, I love you so much. And I'm grateful for what you have done. And I value you, uh, I value the relationship that I have with you. I worship you because of who you are, because of what you've done. I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for the intimacy that you've allowed me to develop with you. Not because I've done something wrong, but because I have an attitude of gratitude. Thank you for not allowing the enemy to kill me. Thank you for, for, for your protection when I didn't know that there was danger. Thank you for how you love me when I was unlovable. Thank you for not throwing me away. Thank you for not allowing the enemy to have his way with me. Thank you for not allowing my enemies to snuff me out. Not because I've done anything wrong. I'm not repenting because I've done something wrong. I'm repenting because I have an attitude of gratitude and I'm thankful. And I just want to continue to develop intimacy with God. Just in case I thought something that I shouldn't have thought. Just in case I done something and I'm not aware. Just in case I missed the mark. God, I'm repenting right now. Glory to God. See, when you really, when you really mean to have a right relationship with God, it's not about right and wrong, and it's not even about if I've done wrong. I just want to worship you, God. And I don't want anything to hinder my worship. I don't want anything to hinder my time with you. I don't want anything to hinder my fellowship with you. Glory to God. And so before I do anything else, before I, before, I, I look at my agenda for the day. I want to worship you by way of repentance. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus.
And so that's where that's where we have to be. That's where we have to be. It's not it's not just about us falling short. It's not just about us missing the mark. But it's about us doing what's necessary to make sure that we're in right relationship with God. But I do want to stress to you, it's not about mouth service any longer. Glory to God. Our hearts have to, have to turn. Our minds have to turn. I'm convinced that, that my way is wrong. And I'm convinced that God, you're right. Your, your word is right. Your ways are right. And so I'm going to exchange my will for your will. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm going to exchange my will for your will, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, we were at the 29th verse, I believe it says, and Balaam said unto to the ass. No, we're at the 30th verse, and it says, and the ass said unto Balaam, and not I thine ass upon which thou hast written. Ever since I was thine unto this day, was I ever want to do so unto thee? And he said, nay. At the 31st verse, it says, And the Lord opened the mouth, eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand, and he bowed down his head and fell flat on his face. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Wherefore hast thou smitten thine ass these three times? Behold, I went out to withstand thee, because thy way is perverse before me. And the ass saw me and turned from these three times. Unless she had turned from me, surely now also I had slain thee and saved her alive. So Balaam, Balaam says, I have sinned at the 34th verse, but there's no real repentance. He's saying I have sinned because he realizes how close to death he came. And this is a real life situation. This is a 2020 situation. There's many times you and I have come close to death. And yes, we're sorry. Uh, and we feel bad. And we're so glad that we didn't die. But yet it doesn't, re doesn't lead to real repentance. And this is what's going on with Balaam here. He sees how close he came to death. The angel tells him, if the ass had not turned the three times, I would have killed you and I would have let the ass live. And so Balaam says, I have sinned, but there's no real repentance. Listen, don't allow there to be a situation in your life that should, re should produce repentance. Don't walk away from situations that should re re produce repentance with just an acknowledging of your wrong by saying, I have sinned. Oh God, I'm sorry. God, forgive me. Without there being a turning of your heart and a turning of your mind. Now listen, I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to skip that. I'm going to skip that. I'm going to wrap up Matthew 20, Matthew 27, Matthew 27, 4, it tells us about uh, Judas, and we know that Judas betrayed Christ, 
that he hanged himself. Matthew 27 and 4, it says, saying, I have sinned. You, you see the you see the, the theme continuing. It says, I have sinned, and that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See the, see thou to that. It says, and he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple, and he departed and went and hanged himself. Judas confessed, but didn't find uh, repentance. Uh, he was remorseful, uh, uh, regretful even. But our remorse, our regret, does not lead to repentance. Again, 2 Corinthians uh, 7, 10 says that it's godly sorrow that leadeth to repentance. Let's see here. So Judas, Judas says, I have sinned. There's an acknowledgement. He said, I betrayed the innocent blood. He uh, cast down the money in, in the temple. There's, there's signs of, of regret. There's signs of sorrow. Yet, the Bible lets us know that he hanged himself. He didn't find repentance. So even though there's signs of regret, signs of remorse, Judas, Judas's actions uh, weren't uh, appropriate. Uh, they weren't fitting. Uh, they didn't settle or satisfy or fulfill the demands of repentance. And this is why I'm, I'm, I'm stressing to you, it can no longer just be about mouth service it can no longer just be about uh, being regretful or remorseful, but we have to we have to bring forth evidences that that's appropriate, that's fitting, that satisfies, that settles and fulfills the requirements of repentance. Judas is is remorseful. He took back the money, but none of what he done was able to fulfill the demands and the requirements for repentance. So listen, in the middle of you being regretful because you got caught, in the middle of you being uh, remorseful about what you have done, make sure that you're not carried away with tears and emotions and thinking that you have secured repentance and make sure that when you go to God, that it it's uh, appropriate, it's fitting, it settles, it satisfies, and it, that it fulfills the demands and the requirements for repentance. Now let me give you one more scripture and then we'll get out of your way. We started our last teaching in Matthew the third chapter and I want to end with that same chapter and verse. At the fifth verse it says Then went out to him uh, to, to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan, they're going to John. 
and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, and you're going to find that the reason he's saying this unto them is that he realizes that they're coming for the wrong reason. They're not coming for genuine repentance. They're coming because of who they are, who they represent, who they're attached to. And so before I finish reading these scriptures, I want you to understand something that real repentance is not about who you are, who your parents are, what you've done. It's not about uh, how much tithes and offering you give, but real repentance has to do with bringing forth evidences that are meet for repentance. Again, real repentance is about bringing forth evidence that settles, that satisfies, that fulfills, that's appropriate, that's fitting for repentance. And so when John the Baptist looked and saw the Pharisees and Sadducees, he knew that, 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 that their motives were wrong. He knew that the reason they were coming, it wasn't about the, the right thing. He knew, and he knew that they weren't coming for looking for genuine repentance. And this, so let's finish this. It says, but when he saw many of the, of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who have warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruits, meat for repentance. And think not to say within yourself, we have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. Unto Abraham. And now the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast in the, un, into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Now that's just a little extra reading there. But John sees that they're not coming for the right reason. They think that they have an upper hand by declaring Abraham as their father. And so John says, listen, it's not even about Abraham being your father. He said, God can raise up stones. God can raise up stones in your places is, is what he's saying here. And he said, God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. So it's not even really about you. It's not about you being a descendant of Abraham. It's not about me being a descendant of Mother Peace. It's not about uh, you being a descendant of, of whoever you're a descendant of. But real repentance is bringing forth fruits, meat for repentance. Matthew 3 and 8 says, bring forth therefore fruits. Bring forth therefore evidence that, that settles, that satisfies, that fulfills, that's appropriate, that's fitting for repentance. And that's where you and I need to be in the days and times and these unprecedented times that we're living in. Not about mouth service, not about our regret, not about our sorrow, because none of that leads to repentance. Again, 2 Corinthians 17 said it's godly sorrow that leadeth to 
repentance. And you will even see in there where the scripture, I believe it's that eighth verse where it says, uh, Paul says, my writing to you made you sorry for a while. So our being sorry, our being regretful, our sorrow, it doesn't lead to repentance. It, it, it lasts for a while. And that's what Paul was telling him. It lasts for a while. But it's when we bring forth hard evidence of change that produces long-lasting results. Evidence that settles, that satisfies, fulfills, that's appropriate, that's fitting, will produce repentance. Repentance should last. Repentance should last. Repentance should produce long-lasting results. Repentance isn't something that you have to do week after week for the same thing. Repentance, when you really mean what you're doing, I repent, I move on, that's it. That's it. There's no struggle any longer. There's no following. There's, there's no struggle. I, I'm, I'm getting up and I'm going on. Getting up and I'm going on. But our, again, I want you to understand, our regret, our sorrow, our feeling bad, it lasts for a while. It lasts for a while, but it doesn't produce right results. Real repentance that uh, settles, satisfies, fulfills, that's appropriate and fitting will produce long-lasting results. Listen, I'm Pastor Daryl. This has been Monday Motivation. I love you with the love of the Lord. I'll see you next time.